Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 681 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today, I'm back with Jenny Smith for another episode of Defining Diabetes. And today, Jenny and I are going to define all of the different types of diabetes. And there's more than you might think. There's type 1 and type 2, sure, but what about type 1 and a half? Is there a type 3? A type 8? We're going to find out. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, The T1D Exchange is looking for your thoughts. Those thoughts come in the form of answers to survey questions that you can find at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Completely anonymous, HIPAA compliant, easy to do, helps people with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Take you less time than it takes for you to figure out that Wordle. And you'll help somebody. That Wordle doesn't help anybody. By the way, I got the word of last night in three. I was pretty proud of myself. I digress to say this. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. Get your diabetes supplies from U.S. Med. I'm going to, in this episode of the podcast, when I get to the U.S. Med ad, I'm going to read something that a, a listener sent me. For now, know this. White glove treatment, always 90 days worth of supplies, They have fast, free shipping. You get it every time. U.S. Med. Check them out at usmed.com forward slash juicebox or at 888-721-1514. At that link and that number, you get yourself a free benefits check and get started today with U.S. Med. Hey, Jenny, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Scott? Good, good, good. I want to do a defining episode today about the types of diabetes. Oh, fancy. And I was surprised by this. So, I mean, first, let's just get the one out of the way that I think will be easiest for us. Type 1 diabetes. What is it? Essentially, a condition in the body that means that your pancreas is no longer producing insulin from the beta cells, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been destruction of those beta cells to the effect that you now have virtually no or have no insulin production left. So um, you might also hear it called juvenile diabetes, insulin dependent mm-hmm. diabetes. Um, I think it's important to say it's a chronic condition. There's no known cure for it. Um, and it's autoimmune. Correct. Right. So this happened because, you know, go listen to another episode about there's a defining diabetes episode about um antibodies that one listen to that one um uh, if you want to know more about it but the the bare bones idea is you didn't do anything to get diabetes your body just got a little confused took off after your beta cells instead of the flu or coxsackie virus or whatever else you had that your body should have been doing that day um and now you do not have functioning beta cells in your pancreas correct all right so There's not going to be much to this, obviously, uh, but we want to put them all in here together. So type 1 diabetes, that's what it is. Boom. Now you would think 
obviously we're going to go to type two diabetes because you all know how to count. You think one and then two comes after, but no, there's, <laughs> <laughs> that would be too easy. There's a type 1.5 diabetes. That's LADA, right? That's LADA. Mm -hmm. okay. In fact, I've, I mean, I think more lately, it's definitely been referred to as LADA, latent autoimmune diabetes of the adult, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have heard the term one and a half a lot less often, which I think is actually not a bad thing because if you consider the true nature of that type of diabetes, it tends to be a lot more similar and is often classified with type one, but happens truly in adults and is a, for most people, a slower progression to diagnosis. Okay. And so still is an autoimmune disorder or, you know, an autoimmune condition where the body has destroyed beta cells. Um, in adult, it seems to be a slower progressive destruction. Mm -hmm. So again, a sort of a slower diagnostic. In fact, I've had a number of people that I've worked with who've actually been misdiagnosed because it was so slowly progressing that they were just initially diagnosed type two right. and they really weren't. Yeah. I hear about that a, a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. um, does type does Lada have characteristics of both type one and type two? Was it somebody being like cute when they named it? Like it's almost type two and almost type one. It's in the middle. Not nothing like that. Okay. Not really. I, I mean, again, there are, there are characteristics, I think in people who have either type one or type two that could cross and look similar to the other type of diabetes being the two main types, type one and type two, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have some insulin resistance in type one, which typically isn't the reason that type, or it isn't the reason that type one is there, right? Mm -hmm. But they could have some resistance, which is much more classified with type two. So somebody with LADA could certainly have some of both of those pieces, but LADA will be diagnosed because there will be antibodies present. Okay. So if I want to think about LADA in a really basic way, it's a very slow onset type one diabetes that only happens in adults. Right. And because, you would not be a child and be diagnosed with LADA. That's because of the super slow onset, people can confuse it for type 2 diabetes. In a general, yes. In a very easy way to say it, yes. Yeah, because it's you're still getting work out of your pancreas, but it's not shutting off kind of abruptly like you see with type 1. Correct. All right. So when you're saying um, a slow onset, it's not like a honeymoon. It's It's much more protracted than that. It is. And in fact, people with um, people diagnosed with LADA, LADA often have, once they actually get diagnosed and have the right tools to manage insulin being major one of them, right? Mm -hmm. They often then may have a longer honeymoon after they're actually diagnosed. Um, in fact, people with LADA also often have more beta cell preservation longer term. Mm -hmm. um, they still obviously have to use insulin, but their insulin doses may look very small comparative to others who've had type one for a while and of their same age and same body type and same activity level and whatnot. Um, so there are, you know, defining differences between type one and LADA diagnosis. Yeah. I, I find it interesting when you Google something 
to see what else people ask about. Yeah, um, I'd be curious. What did you Google? Well, I just definition type 1.5 diabetes um, because, I mean, you know, you're going to know way more about this stuff than I am. So I wanted to I wanted to be ready a little bit. Um, People listening are like, oh, thanks. Uh, (laughs) You wanted to put on your your graduation cap. (laughs) I didn't want to do what I didn't want to do what a lot of people do on podcasts and just philosophize out loud about things they think they heard one time. So um, right. But I do want you to have a little bit of that because I think that that is how people start with, oh, I heard this or I thought that. But so other things people ask about LADA is what is the difference between type 1 and LADA? How can you tell if you have LADA? What do you consider LADA? Does LADA diabetes shorten your life? Oh, that's sad. Um, hmm. I mean, get some insulin. You should be fine, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't be shortening anything. Um, no. But anyway, like not to even delve, although what's the difference between, let me see how it talks about the difference. I mean, yeah, I'm curious and who yeah. defined it would be another good, and well, I guess, in terms of source. Yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, you did a great job. This one comes to, it goes to beyondtype1.org. Mm-hmm. Um, as a form of type 1 diabetes, LADA is the result of your immune system attacking the beta cells in your pancreas that produce insulin. The only difference is that the attack is slower, which means... See, you don't need these people. You got Jenny. It's all good. All right. All right. Good. See? But I'm glad that I'm in agreement with another source of good information, like beyond type one, let's say. I don't even know what we would have done right now if I would have read something that completely contradicted what you said. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, Jenny's fired. And then you, as, as your voice was going away, you'd be like, you don't even pay me. And then that would have been the end of it. Uh, anyway. All right. <laughs> so, so now I got into this weird space. I know you think now we're definitely going to do type two. Not quite yet. Hold on. Um, where I saw someone online and we'll talk about this maybe at the end of this. Uh, I just put up a post and I was like, guys, Hey, listen, What else belongs in the Defining Diabetes series? And this person says, I keep hearing about type 3 diabetes. So I was like, all right. So I Googled and I got type 3 diabetes is a proposed term to describe the interlinked association between type 1, type 2, and Alzheimer's disease. Yes. Oh. The term is used to look into potential triggers of Alzheimer's disease in people with diabetes. Linked to insulin resistance. Um, and insulin resistance and an insulin, um, I have to remember insulin, like growth factor is what they're looking at. Um, insulin resistance specifically in the brain. Um, and what they're, they've also often linked type two and Alzheimer's disease, which is sort of what triggered this type three name Mm -hmm. overall. Um, So there's a lot of medical research about blood sugar and brain health. It's, it's amazing. If you look into it, it things, not only, not only Alzheimer's, but Parkinson's and many of those neurological conditions, disorders Mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of big links with blood sugar. So then I went down a rabbit, another rabbit hole. Oh my God. (laughs) What is type 3C diabetes. And I was like, where will this end? And then I kept Googling. There's a type four and a five and a six and a seven and an eight. And I stopped at eight because I got freaked out. <laughs> yes. Um, and I I mean, those are very specific to other system issues in the body. They're not 
they're not definitely like type one, type two gestational. They're not LADA. They're not in that same realm of right, right. categorization. I mean, even when we were defining type one, um, you know, type one in another, and I'm sure it has a, a some type of letter categorization to it, but I've worked with people who've actually had pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. and pancreatic, you know, um, removal from their body, which means that they, there's not only an autoimmune reason that they are deficient in insulin or beta cells. They just don't have the gland anymore that makes it okay. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like it, it, what are they just, when you have a, uh, pancreatic when they take out your pancreas for reasons that are like another thing do you are you assigned a different type or are you just type one then um i believe that if it's a pancreatic cancer that falls into the type 3c categorization Interesting. and i know that um i've i've worked with only two people who have actually had cystic fibrosis Mm-hmm. And as a result, also had what we just treated the same as what we would do with type one diabetes, right? From a standpoint of management, it's insulin management. Both of them were on pumps, um, you know, so, but that's not true type one. There's another because, body condition there. Yeah, because the autoimmune didn't yes. cause it. You, you, right. You're going to live like a type one after that. But you didn't yes. technically ever have type one diabetes, correct? Right? And and yes. that and I've interviewed a number of people who have had their pancreases removed for other reasons, and mm-hmm. they are, um, they do want that distinction. The people yes. I've spoken to so far, you, you know, I, I've also heard people who are well welcomed into the type one community, and there yes. have been times where people have said like, "You don't have type one diabetes, like you don't belong here." I don't, be- I don't believe in that. That that's no good for me. If you're using insulin, no. you need this help. And, and right. that's that. So anyway, let's just look for a second. Type 4 diabetes is a proposed term for diabetes caused by insulin resistance in older people who don't have overweight who don't have overweight or obesity. This is a 2015 study. So I think they just hmm. as they're studying more and more things, they just keep applying this because now when you get to type 5, it's called Moody 5. M O D Y is M is Modi. Mo- Modi, excuse me. Yes, yes. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I put one too many nope. O's in my... Um, so <laughs> that's mature onset diabetes. Wait a minute. Why is my phone making noise, Jennifer? I don't know. This, Somebody wants to reach you. I'm going to curse here. This fucking Walgreens, okay? You leave a prescription, sit at Walgreens for five seconds... And they call you. They are up your ass. <laughs> like, did you, no. It's here. Come get it. It's here. I'm like... I. I if I, I know. It, thank I, you. I'd be there already. Calm down. Now I gotta listen. It won't stop. Now it's gonna tell me when the pharmacist takes lunch. Is it noon? <laughs> and they take an hour lunch. At least they do at my Walgreens. Well, God bless. That's fine. But I don't need to hear about it on the machine every time they call. Like this happened yesterday. See, they don't call me. They send me a text message. Well, I'm going to so opt out So then I don't have to hear anybody. Yeah. If you're listening to Walgreens, you screwed yourself because I'm going to opt out of this, you know? And it, I do find it help. Goodbye. She goes at the end. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Making a podcast here. It was very um, important that she made sure that you know that your prescription is all set. I think it was a computer even, Jenny. I don't know if it was a her. But okay. So, <laughs> so Modi is... 
how about I read some things from the online? I won't tell anybody's name or if I, you know, if the people are talking about other companies, I certainly won't won't say them. But here's one. So far, one conversation with US Med has been infinitely more helpful than every conversation I've ever had with blank blank. Thank you so much for letting me know about US Med. Is it possible, another person says, that it really will be this easy? It's hard to believe when you've had to deal with other companies that make getting your diabetes supplies so difficult. It's hard to believe that anything could be better, but it can be with US Med. Here's what you do. You go to usmed.com forward slash juice box, get your free benefits check and get started. Don't like the internet? Use a phone. 888-721-1514. They accept Medicare nationwide. US Med accepts 800 private insurers. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They carry everything from your insulin pumps to your diabetes testing supplies and everything in between. They have all the latest CGMs, Dexcom G6, Libre 2, and they've served over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996. US Med is where Arden is going to get Omnipod 5 from. US Med. They want you to get better service and better care than you're accustomed to. U.S. Med is proud of their white glove treatment. Give them a chance. Hit the link. Call the number. 888-721-1514. Or go to usmed.com forward slash juice box. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com to U.S. Med and all of the sponsors. You could even find the T1D Exchange there. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Take the survey. Dexcom, Omnipod, Contour, Gvoke, Touched by Type 1. They're all there. Check them out. Listen, if you have a need for these things, I hope you use my link. That's really it. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting the podcast. I'm not telling you to go buy an insulin pump you don't want. That would be silly. But if you want an Omnipod, use my link. You want a Dexcom, cha-cha-cha. You know what I mean? A one-two. Cha cha cha. Three, four. Cha cha cha. But we have time at some point. I will tell you to, if I never told you my Walgreens story, I wrote a letter to the head of Walgreens. You wrote a letter to years, Walgreens? Several years ago. Let yeah. us save that for the end of the year State of the Jenny address. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's an interesting story. Okay. I want to hear it. Um, so is Modi type five? Have you ever heard that? I've not heard Modi called type five, but I wouldn't be surprised if they've defined it within the category of all of the numbers of types of diabetes, mm -hmm. I guess. I've only really heard it called Modi. Now, Modi in and of itself also has many. It's. It's very strongly a genetic thing, mm -hmm. right? And it's different from both type one and type two. And the way that it's managed really depends on the type of Modi you have. So Modi or type five diabetes, there are there's another little offshoot to that to say, you have Modi, this Modi, you have Modi with these genes, you have Modi with these genes. And some of them may be managed. Um, some of them may be managed with insulin, similar to type one. Some of them may be managed with an oral med. Some of them may be managed with a baseline of a basal insulin and lifestyle. So there are many, depending on what your gene Modi 
type is, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to describe it, there is a a more standardized, I guess, plan for how to help you take control. Well, CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, has Modi as a form of diabetes caused by a mutation of a single gene. The mutation causes pancreatic beta cell to function abnormally, leading to insufficient production of insulin. In some cases, insulin resistance develops. In addition, the pancreas may not produce enough digestive enzymes. On this link, they are calling it Modi 5. 5? Yeah. And then when when you go back to like, so I just kept Googling because I got like, I was like, is there Modi 6? And uh, there is. Um, Modi 6 arises from mutations of the gene for the transcription factor referred to as neurogenic differentiation 1. So then you're, that that is what's happening here is we're getting into genetics now. Correct. Is there a type 7 diabetes? A form of diabetes that is characterized by an autosomal dominant mode of inheritance onset in children or early child adulthood, usually before 25, a primary defect of in insulin secretion and frequent insulin dependence at the beginning of the disease. I'm telling you, I stopped at seven because I didn't know where to like, I just didn't know. But let's for fun. Let's just change the, the to eight. And there is there is a registry as well or. um I guess it's Chicago. There's a, a main place in Chicago. I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually keeps a registry of all people who have actually been tested and have been given the diagnosis of one of these types of Modi. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that it's it's quite rare, I guess, is the, uh, is the yeah. next thing to bring into this is that don't walk around thinking, well, I have diabetes. Do I really have like Modi number six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Modi eight, which is the slow progressive pancreatic excrement dis- dysfunction fatty replacement of pancreatic pyroblot. Who knows? They're, I'm getting into words I can't, I can't, uh, but anyway, hey. yeah, I did. I was going to say the exact same thing, which is why I love you, which is you don't have Modi 8. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and, you know, no. although I might no. get one email from one person who's like, I've got it. And then send that email because I'd love to have you on the show. Cause that well, was, interestingly, yeah. I've I've again, I work with a lot of pregnant um, or pregnancy and um, I've worked with two women who had diagnosed Modi mm-hmm. um, and it was an it was an interesting it was an interesting transition through the course of pregnancy because things changed very differently comparative to other pregnancies, both type one, type two, and even gestational, which I have a lot of knowledge working with. Right. Um, things changed very differently along the whole way. So, Well, then in your opinion, if if someone has type one and they're treating it like type one, but they have a lot of insulin resistance or something else, at what point do you say, can I get the genetic test? And does getting the test help you or does it just give you a diagnosis? I don't think, you know, somebody specifically with a diagnosis of type one who I, my first question would really be, did you have diagnostic testing that showed it was actually autoimmune dysfunction, right? then it is type one. If yeah. there is significant insulin resistance, my next step is to say, well, you've ever, have you ever been tested for PCOS okay. or polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Because that is, especially in women, that's a pretty significant 
reason that many women with type one may actually have some significant resistance over what they think their insulin needs should be based on what their lifestyle kind of looks like. I just right? wrote down PCOS as another defining idea, honestly. Oh, good. Yeah, our conversations today um, have given me a number of them. Okay, so here's my last question. I heard somebody say this online, and I couldn't tell if they were confused or if this was a thing. Can you have type 2 diabetes and then get type 1 diabetes? There's no reason you couldn't, right? You couldn't have type 2 and then have an autoimmune attack, right? You wouldn't have them both at the same time. No, you wouldn't. Right. And in the grand, uh, sure, could that happen? Yeah. I guess. Um, now, the question also becomes, did the type 2 ever actually get tested to truly get the correct diagnosis when they were told they were type 2? And now things have shifted and they get, let's say, maybe a smarter clinician who's like, eh, yeah. I don't know, let's do some testing. And then all of a sudden they end up being type 1. They're type 2 Probably did not change from type two into type one. No, no, I they wouldn't. likely had antibodies all along that initially were never diagnosed the right way. And so they've transitioned to now, yes, being told they're type one, but the antibodies have probably always been there. I 100% agree that most people who are going to have go through that process, that's exactly what's going to happen to them anecdotally from what I've heard from so many people. But what I'm saying is, could you not get type two diabetes, legitimately have type two diabetes? And then later in life, have an autoimmune attack that gave you type one. You could. could have. I would I would not leave anything to the realm of not possible in our world. Today. I want to hear from somebody who has had that happen to them. But there is no world where you would. But after that happened to you, would you still now we're just philosophizing? Would you still have type two diabetes and type one diabetes? You may still retain some of, as you've asked before about resistance, yeah. you may still retain some of the characteristics of type two, possibly. Yeah. I want to hear from those people I, as well. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be certainly interesting. Right. Now, I, I thought you were going more the realm of somebody with type two, which I know we haven't defined type two yet, In a but we, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody with type two who, let's say, you know, they, they know that they don't have type one. They had a really good doctor. Their doctor did do testing and everything. There were no, you know, antibodies or anything there. And they were doing really well with lifestyle and maybe oral medications and whatnot. And now they have to use insulin. That doesn't mean that they're type one. Mm-hmm. If you, just because you have stopped being able to solely make use of oral meds, and you have to start using insulin as a type two, you are still a person with type two diabetes. Yeah. Okay. You are not a person with type one just because you're using insulin. Right. You're a type two who uses insulin. Yes. And then a doctor would call that insulin dependent type two, right? Usually that's how they talk about it in your chart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, here's the last bit. Um. I get to have more and more people with type 2 diabetes in the Facebook group, which has been really wonderful because I'm seeing people with type 2 who use insulin having a ton of success by listening to the podcast. I know people with type 2 in my own life, some in my own family. I've talked to people for years who have it. I have consistently been stunned by how little people with type 2 diabetes seem to understand type 2 diabetes, Um, how little they're taught about it, um, how often it's enough of a a boogeyman in their life that they don't even want to look into it. And, um, and, and for me, I just always find it to be, 
I said, I wish if they knew more, um, they would know more. I personally, mm-hmm. I've been dying to have more type twos in the podcast. It's hard to get them to come on because really, yeah, yeah. It's and I, I, I wish they would um, because I would like to, from my perspective, I'd like to have type twos come on and teach me about type two diabetes. Like I would love to have those conversations just so other people could hear them. But for the purposes of a definition. I want you to tell me what type 2 diabetes is because as I sit here, I wonder if I know. Yeah. I, I mean, essentially type 2 diabetes is not autoimmune. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things. Uh, it's an impairment really in the way that body the body is able to use sugar. That's the simple definition of it. Um, why does that start? There are many thoughts in terms of why. Um, Certainly lifestyle is one of the biggest ones that most people hear in terms of, you know, activity level, weight, genetics can also play a big role in type 2 diabetes um, as well. And why does the body eventually stop using sugar so well? it's on a cellular level, right? It's the way that the body is really responding to the intake of food and breaking it down into your body's main fuel source, which is sugar for most people. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason for the decline in insulin production happens over a long period of time, which is the reason that many people who are at time of diagnosis with type two, they have often been living with type two diabetes without realizing that their body was having a problem for somewhere between five to even 10 years. So what ends up happening is that the cells become less able to use sugar, which what does that do? It leaves more sugar in the bloodstream than should be there. Mm -hmm. And the body, the body is an amazing thing. It's, it's a self-healing machine. It tries really hard to do its best to keep you healthy. So what it does is it sees more sugar and it tries to ramp up the production of insulin. Mm -hmm. And for a time that can work. So people that are having this in this sugar, you know, resistance essentially, or inaccurate use of sugar, their body is ramping up insulin production enough that their blood tests may no, may not show any problems, mm-hmm. which means that again, the doctor doesn't think that, that there's a problem there. Okay. And then over time, what happens when you overuse anything, it gets tired. Yeah. And so these beta cells get worn out from trying and trying and trying and trying to hyper, there's that word, hyper mm-hmm. produce mm-hmm. insulin. <laughs> And they, they can't keep up anymore. And so now in terms of testing, fasting, testing, or especially testing, testing in the post meal time period, those are the points that a doctor could find glucose excursions that are well beyond what a person without any dysfunction in their body should have. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a cascade of, of things that happens over a long period of time. Right. Very unlike diagnosis of type one, which is pretty quick onset for most people. Yeah. Um, we're going to, I I intend to dig into this more throughout the podcast because in my, in my heart, like I think when you have a person with type one diabetes in your life that you're taking care of, it, it takes a toll on your health too. And I, 
I'm trying to think big picture and long term here, but how many people who have young kids with type one right now are going to end up sleep deprived or time deprived and suddenly start ordering out more or cooking from boxes more or something like that. And, and maybe they'll end up in a similar situation with type two diabetes down the road. I want them to be aware of it as much as they can. Um, because that number, like when you hear people talk about how many people with diabetes there are, and they don't in they the don't, world, yeah, and they don't distinguish between type one or type two or a certain country. The number you always see that's frightening is the undiagnosed number. Is, yes, it, that 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 expectation of what that number is 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 insane. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is, and and I mean, is it is type two impact impactable once you have it? Is it impactable always with diet or just sometimes with diet? Like, it's not like like if you could f- force everyone with type 2 diabetes to eat exactly the same way, they wouldn't all have the same outcomes, right? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, and I think that goes along with, again, where do you catch diagnosis? You know, if the body has been so stressed over trying to do as well as it can for you for a long time there, there may have been enough beta cell destruction that you're never really going to get back to a baseline of no kind of medication, Mm -hmm. right? Um, some lifestyle changes can last a very long time, but it's, it's like anything. It's the sticking to that management plan and not veering from it. Right. And then I think the other piece that you bring in, in terms of like knowledge is the sticking with it is, it's a really hard thing. And when you've been sticking with, with it, and then your doctor says, well, your numbers are still climbing and you think, well, gosh, I'm, I'm doing everything and it was working. What is the point now? If you're going to throw medication at me, despite my really good efforts at doing everything. And that's where, you know, in working with a lot of type two population in the past, there's a lot of like, defeat in that. Mm -hmm. And the explanation that I always gave is your, your type two is a, it's a progressive condition. It is. And, um, at some point you may need medication at some point further down the road, you may need insulin. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that you failed. It means that you've had this amount of time that you've really given your all and you've really done a great job to keep your body healthy. So you know what? Now when medication gets added, it will likely work for a really good amount of time as well before potentially needing to progress on to another kind of medication or even insulin. Right. Um, I have a, so, a recording already done and I have another one coming up with, a with both with type twos who through the podcast have really astonishing outcomes, like really well, a woman with a, an A1C, I just saw her online the other day in the fours. She's so, so excited, you know, and I was so happy for her and I've already recorded with her and she's such a character and so wonderful. I can't wait to put it out. Um, and then I have a guy coming on who not only uh, got his A1C together, but his blood sugars and his weight and all this stuff is happening from a podcast that I started. So my daughter would know how to bolus, you know, like I thought that's really crazy. Um, and as like you and I talking today, I have so many notes in front of me about what I want to do with the podcast moving forward. Um, I I just, I I can't wait to try to help more people. The, I don't know, Jenny, if you know this, but, uh, we are recording on the 1st of April 
And um, right now <gasps> we are. Is, You're right. April, yes, it's April Fool's Day. Uh, this is not a joke. Um, but the podcast in the first exact 90 days of 2022 had a million downloads. Isn't that That's crazy? awesome. The, That's super awesome. It, it The year before, it took twice as long to get to a million in that year. In a couple of weeks, the show will have a total of six million. And I think, wow. I think a year from now, it'll be more like 12 million total downloads. That's super it's, that's super. It's insane. Like I, I well, really and what think- I see it, I see it honestly as super in terms of that's the number of people that it's reaching. I mean, I'm excited for you. That's super I, awesome no, from but, what you've been able to put out and be able to do. But I'm excited from the standpoint of the people that that means it's helping in some some way. They're right. getting something out of it, that, which is that is how I think about it. I also think about it about paying my bills, but that's a different situation. <laughs> but but I but I but I, I, I really do it. I mean, seriously, to be serious. Like I really do think about it that way. Like I used to have that I know I've said it before long time ago on the podcast. It it as close to the feeling as I can describe to you, um, when you help somebody like this, when you do something and you see it help a person, and I mean really help them, like a person with type 2 tells you their A1C is 4.5, or a person with type 1 tells you, hey, I just ran a marathon based on what I experienced from your podcast, or my A1C has been in the fives for three years because of what I heard from you. This sounds completely bizarre. I'm telling you that when I reach 10 people, I immediately think, why couldn't I find a hundred? And when I found a hundred, I think, why can't I find a thousand? And the first time I got to a hundred thousand, I thought this could be a million. And you're like, where are all the people hiding and how can I find them to give them what's important? Well, when you see the, when you see what happens for them and then you realize that the, that really one of the only things standing between them in the situation they're in now and the situation they could be in is just access, just hearing it one time. Like you think like my whole like 24 hours a day should be about, I should be walking around with a sign, right? Like <laughs> says pre-holus right. on it. Is your basal right? right? I don't know. You, you know, like you, you start to have that feeling. I have over the years um, alleviated myself uh, from some of that guilt, which, and it was guilt in the beginning. Like I felt like I wasn't helping enough people. And now I just see it as I know this thing helps them and how do I get it to them? And so yeah. the people listening are how it happens. They spread Absolutely. the word. It's amazing. And share, sharing it. I mean, and I think that's that's an important piece. I mean, I, I've met two or three people just in my community um, who have either mentioned it, not knowing who I, mm-hmm. who I am that's or that funny. I contribute anything in association, but just in passing kind of thing. And I met one actually at our community pool last summer, um, a mom and, and her little girl and, um, her daughter had noticed my, um, Dexcom on my arm and I could tell that they were kind of like looking at me and, um, she came over and she's like, we just wanted to say hi, because my daughter also has type one. And she noticed, you know, your, your Dexcom and we got to talking and we introduced names and I was like, Oh, I'm Jenny, you know? And she's like, you're not Jenny, are you? And I was like, um, (laughs) Jenny, in what way? And she's like, do you, are you on that podcast? And I was like, wow. that would be me. Yeah. Well, Jenny, you had your airport moment. That's lovely. I did. It, it was lovely. That's amazing. <laughs> I think the kids call that meta, don't they? Um, I don't know. 
I, I don't, don't know and I, I don't have time to define meta. We're out of time. But that is. But it's just so nice, you no, know. It's if when you hear back like yeah. that, it's no, it's, it's nice. amazing. I don't know. I I don't know another way other than my ham-fisted comparison to a movie um, that's about a real life tragedy. Um, and I even as I'm saying it, I'm like, don't make this comparison. It's not a comparison. I'm trying to. It's that feeling. It's that moment in that movie where he thinks I should have done more. I used right. to. I used to feel like that constantly. Like, why am I not doing more? And then, and then when it starts doing this, you're like, oh, it's working, you know? And I I shared that thing with you yesterday. Yes. That's just insane that a a woman was messaging with her doctor and I I want, I want to pull it up real quickly. She's messaging with her doctor about a problem and the doctor responds, the doctor, the endocrinologist responds and says something like, Hey, uh, you know, it might not be a bad idea to do this, blah, blah, blah. There's a juice box podcast episode about that. It's number 263. Well, when you texted yeah. to me, I was like, and this doctor like knew the episode number. I don't even know that. I have to look the episode numbers I, up. I don't even know that. I'm the worst person to ask about what's in this podcast. I'm so busy making it. I don't know anything about it. Um, but it's, uh, I, I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Like it's only, the, the podcast is only eight years old. It, mm-hmm. it only really started flourishing four years ago. And today somebody's being messaged by an endocrinologist. Hey, listen to this podcast. I was, I was as proud as I could have been when I saw that really, yeah. really something else. Um, I'm yes. sorry. Did we do justice just to an overview of type two diabetes? We did. I think yeah. in, yes. In fact, I've, I think the only other thing that I think probably would be of interest at some point might need to be added to your plethora of notes that you have there. Mm-hmm. You now we've talked a lot about insulin but there are so many things to get into in terms of meds. Yeah. Do you have five minutes or do you have to go? I have to go. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I would love to, but it would be more than five minutes. You're, you're, no, I don't mean about that. I, what I was going to say is that I have a oh. list, a list of things here from people um, that they want added to the defining series. Oh, awesome. And, and the meds was on there. So Good. Um, I'll break this list down and put it in our shared fo- file so you can see it. Cool. Um, but I really appreciate you doing this with me today. Thank yeah, you so much. No problem. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Bye. First, I'd like to thank Jenny Smith and remind you that she works at integrateddiabetes.com. She's for hire. You can get Jenny to help you with your diabetes. Let me also thank US Med and remind you to go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or to call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. U.S. Med. Take the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Find the Diabetes Pro Tips at diabetesprotip.com or at juiceboxpodcast.com or by going to episode 210 in your podcast player. If you're listening to the podcast right now in an audio app, but you're not subscribed or following, please subscribe and follow to the Juicebox podcast. If you love the podcast, tell a friend about it. Best way to help the podcast is to tell someone else about the show. I think this is all I have for you right now, so I'm going to go. But you know what I want to say before I leave. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.